Creating balance in your relationship and inviting balance into your relationship comes from one simple practice, and that practice is honoring yourself. Honoring yourself in your relationship is when you're being consciously aware of your personal power and taking responsibility for the energy that you bring forth within you personally and in your relationship. So it means taking time to consider and extend energy towards the things that matter to you and the things that you know are valuable to you and the things you want to achieve or attain and what makes you feel fulfilled outside of your relationship. When we enter a relationship from a place of boredom or from the discomfort of feeling alone, even if those aren't the reasons why we're looking to be with someone, sometimes without realizing it, we lay the foundation of what we expect from who has entered our lives. If you have a person that's come along in your life during a time period where you are not necessarily taking time to nurture the things that matter to you and to devote your time into the things that align greatly with the person that you want to be or the things that you want to maintain, um, whether they be like habits or hobbies or different kinds of ways of approaching things, maybe being more conscientious of how you respond to certain situations. The person that has come along is quickly taking note of how how important things are to you, or they take note of the things that matter to you based off the things that you devote the most energy towards. And they're also noting how important it is for you to spend time doing the things you enjoy or spending time with yourself, your friends, or your loved ones. And when we set the bar really low on how much we value enriching and expanding experiences, we attract people who tend to show up similarly for themselves. And this is because of the observation that you're not devoting very much time into things that develop you as a person or that continue to nurture you as a person. The reason why people are attracted to people that are similar to themselves is because it doesn't pose any threat on them. So those who don't value alone time, or maybe those who don't have hobbies or joys beyond their love life, tend to want partners who are similar so they don't have to worry about feeling alone in the context of their relationship. And oftentimes, it's not even that they don't have things outside of their relationship that makes them feel fulfilled. It's just they're not actively practicing participating participating in those things or taking time for those things. And when you develop this habit of not taking the time for you and your partner not taking the time for themselves, it can be really easy when one person finally starts to break free from that and take time for themselves or makes plans that don't have to do with you or you make plans that don't have to do with them. It's easy for the other person or yourself to feel uncomfortable because you personally don't feel like you have the same level of balance as they do. And it just creates this resistance within a place that should be your point of peace. Our relationships are drivers for our emotional well-being. Essentially, how you show up for yourself is what is going to be expected and accepted by the person that you're with. If we are with someone who encourages us to nurture ourselves, they're going to feel content with us taking the time to do something that doesn't have to do with them. Us taking the time to go out and hang out with people that don't have to do with them. Of course, there's a balance. And I've been really precautious about not making this episode seem really like forcefully individualistic and like forcefully independent because positive relationships um, do comprise of inviting someone into your experience and really like letting them be a part of the unfolding of your life and, and unfolding your life together alongside of them. But maintaining that sense of freshness and newness in a relationship really comes from honoring who you are. I don't think that we have the best 
best assumption when it comes to the people that we're with. Because we have never really tested the waters of like, okay, I'm going to do these things that really matter to me, or I'm going to do something super outside of my comfort zone. And I'm kind of like worried about what my partner has to say, or I'm worried about things not panning out how I want them to. So I'd, I'd rather just be comfortable in this space with my partner and not really push the limits too much. We never get to know our partner on a fuller, deeper level when we're resisting ourselves. I've come up with four different four different points for how to honor yourself in your relationship and how to enrich your relationship. And point number one is develop a sense of autonomy. It is important to consider what makes you happy beyond your relationship and give it your undivided attention. Embody it fully. If it's been quite a while since you've taken time to practice, you know, paying attention to something that matters to you and taking the time to participate in something that matters to you or doing something for yourself, it's important while you're working back into that habit of like having you time and honoring yourself, choose something that is very easy to do and to adjust to, but also something that's enjoyable. And if you don't know what makes you happy beyond your relationship, then you can begin to explore it. And if you aren't used to doing this, it will seem kind of forced at first, but an exercise that will help you reveal the general themes of your interests when you've become disconnected from yourself is sitting down and finding your calm, taking some breaths, and writing down on a piece of paper a couple of things, any number of things that make you feel at peace. It can be anything, anything you find satisfaction in, but just don't force yourself to do it if it doesn't come naturally. And if you're having a hard time, maybe begin to be mindful of the things that you see or feel or hear throughout your day that generate positive emotion within you. From there, you can kind of begin to see a general theme of your interests and start to pinpoint certain things you want to slowly but surely adopt that relate to that general theme. Sometimes after abandoning ourselves for so long, we begin to be like babies after not seeing someone for a really long time. And what I mean by this is if you've ever noticed what happens when you spend a lot of time not seeing a child when they're really young as they start to forget about who you are. But the more you're more frequent with coming around and offering them signs that you're a trustworthy person who cares about them, they begin to open up and interact with you more. And remember that if you've taken a lot of time not paying attention to things that matter to you and you've gotten in the habit of thinking about them but not really devoting energy towards them. This is just like a child who is uncertain of someone who's come into their space. The way that you can essentially trust yourself and ensure that you are going to make this commitment of doing things that fulfill you apart from your relationship is just showing up and doing something by easing into it but doing it for yourself and beginning perhaps by doing something that isn't so complicated but also is like attainable and satisfactory. When it comes to developing autonomy in the sense of like your emotional regulation, also entrust in your ability to feel your emotions and not have to explain the whole unfolding of them to the person that you're with. Because though good relationships require vulnerability, we don't necessarily need someone else to constantly be the person revealing to us the significance of our emotion and being the mediator for making us feel better. It's very very important that you understand yourself enough to be able to take a step back and take some time for yourself to recognize if it's really truly worthwhile for you to share certain things that surface for you. Because just like that one saying, I forget what it is, it's something like not all your thoughts are true. Sometimes we just naturally think things that really don't have any significance and you add a lot more significance to them when you dissect them fully, like in the context of your relationship. So trust yourself essentially to be able to sit with your 
emotions and be present with yourself and not feel the need to outsource the regulation of your emotions to your significant other. Part two in encouraging a relationship that has a sense of balance is encouraging your partner to develop and maintain autonomy. So everything I just went over, apply that same philosophy to your partner. Much of the time we are resistant to having our partner have autonomy when we ourselves do not because it feels threatening. It's threatening because it's just unsettling to imagine the person that you're with having things in their life that make them happy when you're not around, knowing that you can't really say the same for yourself. And you have, you know, especially when you have all these things that you want to share with just one person and you don't really have many other people to divide and disperse that information to, but your partner has their attention being divided amongst more people than you. It just feels a little bit overwhelming and scary that the same balance isn't existing within their own life as it is yours. So as time goes on, of course, your level of companionship will strengthen and you'll naturally get the most attention from them. But it's still important to be happy seeing them display autonomy because you know that they have experienced something pleasant for themselves, even when it had nothing to do with you. And when we go out and interact in the world without the person that we're with, it's the perfect opportunity for you to meet with your significant other later and talk about it on a deeper level since now you're kind of forced to explain the scenario that, you know, they weren't able to see firsthand and in a way that's easy enough for them to grasp it. It it almost like invites deeper conversation and more dimension into the relationship. Recently, I've been reading the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And in the second part of the book, Six Ways to Make People Like You, principle one says, become genuinely interested in other people. Something that he quotes from, I think is a psychologist whose name is Alfred Alder, is it is the individual who is not interested in his fellow men who have the greatest difficulty and provides the greatest injury to others. So I'm going to read that again. It is the individual who is not interested in his fellow men who has the greatest difficulties and provides the greatest injuries to others. When you begin to apply this to your relationship, the opportunity you have to be genuinely interested in your partner will expand when you give them space to do things for themselves. And again, the quality of your conversation is going to increase and you can be extra creative in the questions you ask because you were not present when your partner went through X or Y thing. Encouraging autonomy in your partner is just simply showing supportive behavior when you do see that they are making time for themselves. And essentially what this does is soften the resistance that the both of you have. It makes it more normal that you're taking time to develop and nurture yourself individually. And it makes it a safe space for you to do so without worrying about one or the other feeling uncomfortable or feeling left out. Point number three is demonstrating your priorities and putting them first. Prioritizing your needs even if this means sacrificing the time you get to spend with your significant other. It's important to ask yourself what your needs are and examine whether or not they're being brushed under the rug. And then if they are being neglected in order to maintain close proximity or maintain the peace with your partner, it's important to make small adjustments towards fulfilling a single need that is easy and attainable. And essentially what you would do is put it before spending time with your significant other. So it could be something as simple as like a phone call you've been wanting to make or maybe you want to get back in the habit of doing yoga or maybe you want to get back in the habit of reading 10 pages of a book before bed every night or maybe you have like a super different sleep schedule or work schedule and you have to get up earlier in the morning but you don't want to sacrifice that like 
phone call at night with your significant other. It's about putting a boundary and really examining whether or not you are prioritizing the relationship over your own emotional well-being and emotional well-being stems from a lot of things. It's about the maintenance of all aspects of our life because if we're neglecting ourselves in any category, we feel like this level of resistance within ourselves. The last thing you want is your relationship to contribute to that. Another thing is like challenging yourself to prioritize things that are not obligations and an obligation to many people is something that you have to do because you made the commitment and now you have to do it even if you don't want to. I think work is a perfect example of an obligation. Think beyond that and think obligation is taking care of your health, taking care of your body, making sure that you're eating food at the right time and you're not prolonging what time you eat because you have plans to hang out with a person later and maybe you made like dinner reservations. It's challenging yourself to recognize taking care of yourself as an obligation in and of itself, not obligations that are outside of your control, like going to work or paying taxes, but obligations that you have determined are obligations because they maintain your level of autonomy and continue to nurture your sense of self. It's also developing an idea of what you want to prioritize in your own personal life that could carve out time in your relationship. So anything that's not an obligation is a perfect example of a personal priority that reflects self-love. This could be, again, going to sleep earlier than your significant other because you want to feel well-rested even though you know that they're going to still be up. It's exercise, cooking meals, hobbies, and so much more. Essentially, what you'll have to do is coming up with one priority that feels most aligned with you and honor it. And then from there, you will notice a sense of just like self-respect, like knowing that you took the time to do something for yourself, even though you had the option to maybe spend time with this person or to do something with this person. And now you can come and see this person with like a, a sense of newness and something to talk about because you took time for you. And that's interesting and that's attractive and that's and that's beautiful. And again, we should strive to be with people that want this for us. And so another thing I like to remember is what drew you to your partner in the first place was who you were when they met you. Um, Of course, we also get, you know, interested in people based off like things like appearance, but people stick around and really develop a relationship when they notice that you have certain characteristics that are attractive, like being a good person or taking care of your health or being studious, like maybe you're really into school and academics and continuing to practice that and expand beyond it is just really beneficial for maintaining that sense of freshness in the relationship, as I said earlier, as you continue to further develop yourself and also never apologize for taking time for yourself. The last and final point is assume the best of your partner. Assume that your partner genuinely wants the best for you and expects you to take time for yourself. Most of the time, people can feel like they're being judged And this also happens in relationships. As you step into your own power, you might assume that it will be received poorly by your partner, which isn't always true. And so they can feel when they're being judged and when you're making the assumption that, okay, this person doesn't want me to have a sense of independence and to know myself. They're going to feel like you don't trust that they want the best for you. And that can really hinder the relationship. When you set a positive expectation on people and you assume that they want the best for you, they feel so joyed and that you have such a positive attitude towards them and you can 
do this without becoming overly hopeful or spending too much time thinking about it, but just simply assume that they're going to be happy for you. And if your significant other is open to softening the tension that exists within the relationship, they will naturally like the idea of you having a positive attitude and they'll start to mirror it. A lot of the time when, you know, like we adopt a certain trait, we start to notice our partner adopting that trait because they see that it's prompting good within your life. And so they want to experience something similar. So lead by example is what I like to say. Another aspect of assuming the best of your partner is assuming the best of your partner means that you're grateful to have someone who generates ease within you. Show this to them openly. Set the boundary of honoring yourself and let them know that you're happy to be with someone who values your well-being. And people are much more likely to show up lovingly for you when they know that it's being noticed and appreciated, similar to what I said earlier. So essentially, point number four, assuming the best of your partner means focusing on the good and assuming the good. Assume that they will lovingly accept this new approach that you are implementing into your life. If you at all resonated with this episode or felt moved by it and want to listen to similar content in the future, feel free to leave a written review and a five-star review so that I can continue to make content similar to this. Also, feel free to hit the subscribe button so you can follow along and not miss out on any further episodes. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Brandy Maria and this is the Occurrence Podcast. Thank you.